You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Help. Help. Help is a very, very common topic. And I I, I wonder if we really understand what it means. We've all said that we need help. We've all asked somebody to come and help It is so common, I bet we don't even really ponder why we have to ask or what it means that we need help. It's also very common that we don't want to ask for help. We don't take the time to consider why, but we just know that frequently we don't want to ask for help. Now I bet we can figure out what the big deal is if we're willing to consider it. I think we don't want to ask for help because our pride doesn't want to admit that we need something from somebody else. To need help or to ask for help means that we have a deficiency in a certain area. Now, some deficiencies we are okay with. Like, like for example, say, say moving a piano. You know, the need for help only becomes a problem when it is something we think we should be able to do. Because everybody needs help to move a piano. So that's okay. That's not a problem. It's, it's common. Everybody needs it. So we're not, we're not bothered by that. But, it, but it, the problem comes, and you can see it when, when we get sick. Or when we can't do things that we normally could. When we have to ask for help out of bed. Or if we can't drive because we're sick or something like that. And we have to ask for a ride. We find these things that we think we should be able to do embarrassing or ashamed that we have to ask somebody to help us where we think we should be able to manage it on our own. Well, the gospel lesson today tells us that we need help whether we like it or not. And the, le- the lesson points us to our help. The helper. The Holy Spirit. He comes to point you to your true help. The best way to receive help is to acknowledge that we need help. I mean, okay, let's go back to the piano. Imagine I'm trying to move this piano all by myself, just completely alone. I won't take any help. You guys come. You're willing to help me. But I keep getting in your way. And the more you try, the more defensive I get, the more angry I get, the harder I try to do it myself. We all know where this is going to end up. Eventually, I'm going to get exhausted, and I will have to admit that I need help. No matter what I think, the fact of the matter is that I cannot move this piano by myself. This example illustrates a very important point. There are things in this life that we cannot do without help, whether we want to admit it or not. Jesus tells you, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Right there. Jesus gives you a job to do. He has told you what to do. In order to show that you love Jesus, you better keep his word. 
If you can do this job, then Jesus tells you, and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. There is a ton riding on this job. You have to do it to have the father to, to, you have to do it to have the father love you and to have a home with God. Now, there, there might actually be a temptation to think that this is achievable, as though all we have to do is do what Jesus said. All we have to do is try to keep his word. Now, to some of us, that might seem ridiculous, but it is what our human pride, it is what our flesh and what Satan will tell us. If we listen to them, we will be led to think that we could actually do this. Well, let's dig a little deeper into this. We should explain what Jesus is really talking about when he says his word. Because Jesus has two types of words for us. Jesus has words that we're to do. Things that we're supposed to do and things we're supposed to believe. So let's first look at the how well we keep the, the words to do that Jesus tells us. In Matthew 22, Jesus tells you, What the greatest commandments are. He tells you the most important words to do. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. You have to do this in order to love Jesus. Again, it might be possible to be tempted to think that we can actually do this. We might think, sure, I love God. I I, I really feel like I love God. I feel it. Well, the love Jesus is talking about isn't just a feeling or something we say. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my word. He does not say, if you love me, you will feel it. If you love me, you will say it. When Jesus says to love God first and foremost, he means that you ponder his word constantly. You have to read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Trust God perfectly, no matter what is happening. And even give thanks in all your circumstances, no matter what you think of it. You need to be able to give thanks. And you have to do this perfectly to have the love of God. Well, that's just the first part of that verse. Then Jesus says, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Here your Lord tells you, you should put your neighbor's need on the same level as your own or even higher. You should be the first people to lend a helping hand if if there is a need, no matter what it means to you. And if you don't do this perfectly, then you don't have the love of God. Well, if you don't have the love of God, then God is not dwelling with you. Instead of God making a home with you, your inability to keep his word makes your home in hell with Satan and the demons. Well, that was just the beginning. I mean, that's really just just scratching the surface of the words to do given to us by Jesus. And we can't even just keep the two ones we just looked at. 
Just imagine what we're going to find as we now focus on how we fail to believe the words of Jesus. Even the disciples who were right there with him. I mean, they're right there face to face with Jesus. And they didn't believe as they should have. Jesus told them earlier in John chapter 12 that he must die to save them. And you can hear in the lesson today in verse 28 that they didn't love or believe Jesus as they should have. It says, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. The disciples weren't able to rejoice because they didn't believe or they didn't remember what Jesus had told them earlier. And Jesus tells them that because they weren't able to believe as they should have, that they actually didn't love him. Well, with this in mind, I ask you, can you rejoice no matter what is happening? When you're suffering, do you always believe or remember what Jesus tells you when he says in Romans 8 that he does all things for your good? Are you able to recognize your suffering and pain as a good thing? As a gift? Oh, I highly doubt it. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to do. Well, then you're no different than the disciples. If you can't do this, then you don't love Jesus as you should. And again, we know where this direct sin against God is going to get us. It is earning us the flames of hell For all eternity. That is what we deserve. Now, I might be sounding a little harsh here. I might be coming off a little hard. But it's a very important point to make. Because many of you might not know, you might not remember what life is like without the Helper. You may have been blessed with a life in the church and have always had the helper, since your baptism throughout all your life to help you struggle with your sinful nature. So you may have been blessed with the helper constantly. And this is a great blessing. But I haven't always had that blessing. I can actually remember what life was like without the helper. I know what my true nature is like. And how impossible it is for us to keep Jesus' words. Before before the Helper, before I had the Holy Spirit, I didn't even care if I kept Jesus' words. I was so blind that I could have cared less what Jesus even had to say. So I have first-hand knowledge of what our unbridled, Sinful natures are truly like. I remember it. Even though you may not feel like you're that sinful, you can trust God's Word and me that your nature and your flesh most certainly is. To love Jesus and to keep His Word is a piano so heavy that you can't even begin to move it alone. Without the Helper, without the Holy Spirit, you do deserve hell. 
And that is what everybody will get without him. Now don't despair. God knows this is your state. God knows you cannot do anything to help yourself. And God doesn't leave you in this state. Jesus, Jesus tells you, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Here you're introduced to your Helper. God sends you the Holy Spirit to help you with your inability to keep Jesus' words. It's a very important thing to keep in mind is that God sends you the Helper to point you to the help that you need. You have a damning sin problem. You should be, we should all be burning in hell because of our sins. This is our piano. This is our problem. God is not going to send a helper to help us move the piano ourselves. He's not going to come and give us a tool to help us budge the piano. Because even if we could slide the piano just an inch, we still can't get the job done. It's too big. It's too, it's too, too great. We can't get it accomplished. So it is with our salvation. The helper isn't going to come to help you conquer your sins by yourself. The helper is going to point you to where they are conquered. The helper will only point you to the true help We can't pull ourselves out of the hell we have earned. We have to be rescued from it. And this is where the Helper is going to point us. He's going to point us to our Savior. The foolishness of this cross may seem like a a loss to the world or, or to our flesh, but it isn't. The cross of Christ might not initially seem... Like all that great a place to go for help. It might not seem like that great a place to be pointed to. But it is the only place that the helper can help you. Jesus and his blood spilled for you on the cross is the only true help you're going to get. I mean, I mean really, who cares if our suffering and, and pain is limited in this world, if we die in our sins. I mean, to die in our sins is actually going to make our earthly sufferings seem like a great blessing, like a great joy. This cross, this death of the perfect man, Jesus, is the only help, the only hope you have. He died on that cross because you couldn't love Him. He died because you couldn't keep His word. He died because you couldn't believe like you should. He died and took on the full wrath of a very angry God. Because of your sins and your nature, He suffered the full, unrestrained wrath of God Himself so that you will be spared from exactly what you deserve. This Jesus, this death, this foolish cross is the greatest victory 
and the greatest help that you will ever know. And it was all done for you. The Helper is going to point you to this cross. And through it, He's going to do even more things for you. He will point you to the one who didn't help you move your piano, but actually came and moved it for you. He moved it all by Himself. The Helper is going to point you to this cross and the salvation won for you so that you will believe. I mean, it happened to the disciples in the lesson this morning. Jesus says, I have told you before, so that before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Jesus tells us in this statement that, that when he said it, the disciples didn't believe. It wasn't until after the fact, after the crucif- crucifixion, that they then believed his words. Without the cross, Jesus' words don't provide any help. I mean, even if the disciples, you or me or or pastor or any of us, were able to discipline our flesh to, to be better at keeping the words of God, without the cross, it would all be for naught. Everything stems from Jesus on this cross for our sins. Belief pours out of that cross. Hope pours out of that cross. Peace, comfort, love. And even the ability to keep the words of Jesus all stem from that cross. You see how much help you're receiving from one thing? It's not possible for you to ever receive as much help as you received in Jesus hanging on that cross for you. You had a very serious problem. We all did. We're in very serious trouble. And God knew it. And your God is not willing to leave you there. Psalm 46 says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Your sins cause you more trouble than you can even imagine. But your God is your help in this trouble. Jesus has conquered your sins and saved you from this trouble. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, He comes and He helps you. He doesn't help you the way you may want Him to. He doesn't help you like the world would have. But He comes and helps you in a way that will save your soul from hell. He helps you trust these promises. He helps you believe. He helps you to love Jesus and to begin to keep His words because of your salvation. He helps you exactly where you need the help. Whether we like it or not, we are completely helpless in this regard. But our God comes and He helps us. Our God comes and makes a home with us. He dwells with us. And He gives us a true help that will last through all eternity and lead to a perfect heavenly home with our God. Amen.
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.